in love with Jesus Falling in love with Jesus Falling in love with Jesus Was the best thing I ever, ever Sing it out to him now. Oh, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever this morning. Oh my. Of all the things that we've done in life, falling in love with Jesus was certainly the best. But you know what makes that so great is we couldn't have fell in love if he hadn't have called us to fall in love. And he thought enough of, of us. Amen. I'm so thankful for him. Are you glad to be in church this morning? Amen. I got up this morning and I walked out on the deck and I had my, my cup of coffee. And I just, when I stepped out there, I heard those birds singing. 
it was just a perfect temperature sun was just barely starting to peak up and I thought my goodness I, I really look forward to the day whenever we step in to heaven amen oh I want to see him how many wants to see him can you, can you imagine what that's going to be like oh I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice here's all past home at last ever to rejoice as I journey through the land singing as I go without within but my Lord leads me on through and I must win and oh I want to see him look upon his face there sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice there's all past home at last ever to rejoice when in service be the night, but I'll cling more close to Him. He will give me light. May vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leads whatever be tied. Tender hand outstretched toward the valley, Lord, guiding me. I can see as I onward go. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me live my voice. Tears all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. forward to seeing him um, earlier I had listened to a, a, 
a motivational speaker uh, telling about um, I don't uh, follow golf or anything like that but I'm sure there's most everybody here has heard of Tiger Woods and uh, Tiger Woods some years ago had made what many people call the most incredible impossible shot in, in golf um, it was this ridiculously hard like a 25 foot putt or something it was on an incline but it was supposed to be virtually impossible to make. But anyway, he, he hits the ball, and, and the angle that the ball takes, it looks like that it's not even going to be close. And then it just suddenly curves and goes down, and it goes in the hole. And, and he gets this incredible score on this hole. But what the speaker was trying to say was before that shot, he had made possibly the worst shot of his entire career that set that shot up. It was a horrible, he had, he had shanked the ball and it had went way out of bounds. How many has taken a shot in life and went way out of bounds only to see God come in and reach down and take this hideous mess that we made and turn it into something absolutely spectacular, incredible in our lives. When I heard that, I just, this song come to my, come to me. When God reached down for me, He didn't just reach down, He had to reach and dig. Because I had made such a mess out of my life. Don't you just love Him? Isn't He wonderful? Let's just sing that chorus to him this morning. Oh, when he reached down his hand for me. When he reached way down for me. Oh uh -huh. 
his hand for me. Oh, let's sing it one more time now. Crown him Lord of 
you can tell there's just kind of been a theme with with my song service this morning I don't know about you but brother Ben I'm homesick I don't know it's just it just really has hit me this week it's it's just hit different I don't think it's going to be long friends I just don't see how it could be much longer I'm just so looking forward to it I know there's many needs among us this morning. Everybody is suffering. Everybody has troubles. And I'm ready to leave it all behind. We'll take these prayer requests before the Lord this morning. We want to remember the Paschals. They weren't able to be with us today. They're having to work. We want to uh, remember the Cross family. Uh, They're down in Florida. We want to continue to uh, remember Sister uh, Karen Buchanan. She really, really needs a, a touch from the Lord. She's got, um, uh, she's been diagnosed with uh, congestive heart failure. So we want to keep her in her prayers this morning. Uh, we want to uh, remember uh, Brother Mike Pritchard and the family. He's not here this morning. Also, uh, we want to remember the Parks, who's not with us. We want to remember. Uh, the Whitlocks, Brother David, is having to work today. We also want to uh, remember uh, Sister Betty Lush, who's uh, recovering from the uh, cancer surgery from Canada. We want to remember the little two-year-old uh, uh, Willie uh, Fennel. We want to continue to remember him. We want to continue to remember uh, Brother and Sister Drum as they're uh, at home today. Also, we want to continue, or we want to remember... Uh, uh, Brother Luke and Sister Haley as they're coming back home today, um, traveling. Uh, Brother Chris and uh, Sister Acacia Clavel are away today traveling. And, um, and it's like for you to uh, remember uh, Mitchell this week. Is, uh, Megan will be coming down Wednesday. She'll be traveling down and making uh, the final preparations as this time next, next Sunday, Mitch will be... Uh, You'll be a married man, so we just ask you to uh, remember us in, in prayer, safe traveling mercies for the weekend, and uh, to be with them also. I know there's many needs among us, unspoken requests, and uh, God is mindful of every single one of those. Brother Ben McCaffrey, if you'd come, let's just sing this song as he comes. Oh, I am longing, longing.
Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, our brother Keith read these prayer requests. There's lots of families that are traveling, Father, that are away or not feeling well. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you'll be with each of them, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that you be with each of these prayer requests. Father, that Brother Keith has mentioned this morning. Lord, but we want to thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy to us, Lord. We want to thank you for your love, Lord, and that you reached down your hand, as Brother Keith sang this morning. And Lord, I know you pulled me up out of the miry clay, Lord, when I just make such a mess out of things, Father, that I'm so thankful that you did that for us this morning. Lord, as uh, our brothers and sisters here, as we're singing, Father, and worshiping to you, Lord, Lord, we just ask that you will continue to be with us, Father, this morning, that your Holy Spirit will be with us, Lord, and as the word comes forth, Lord, that uh, you bless our brother Barry, Lord, as he ministers to us. Lord, help us to do our part, Father, to pull on the word, Lord, and uh, Lord, that you will set something in our hearts, Father, that will help to make us a better believer when we leave uh, this place today, Lord. We ask that you'll be with each part of the service. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. As uh, Mitchell's got a, a special for us this morning as he comes and gets ready, we just want to welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. We welcome all of our visitors. We certainly, certainly welcome all of our mothers. Certainly thankful for, for my mother and um, just thankful for the way that, that she raised me. And um, I'm sure she... Many times she wondered if, if her prayers were even being heard, but I thank God that she was truly that fifth gospel in, in my life, and, and uh, if, you've, if you've got your mother this morning, I think you need to make a special effort, not just today, but every day, to let her know just what she means to you. Amen. It's good to have each and every one of you here this morning with us, and uh, Mitchell's going to give us a special. I was born in the riverbed. I got my mama's eyes and my daddy's head. Chained me to a troubled start with wandering feet and a restless heart. The only thing I knew was lost. Until I met the rugged cross And that's when Jesus reconciled And the prodigal became a child So amazing grace What love divine that saw a slave wrapped up in chains and said, He's mine. 
How sweet the day, love won the war, and heaven came down and said I'd been found. I'm a wretch no more. Oh, amazing grace. Oh, now what love divine that saw a slave wrapped up in chains. And said, "He's mine." And how sweet the day! Love won the war, and heaven came down and said, "I'd been found. I'm a wretch now." What a wonderful day that was when he saw us for what we really were. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going into the service. We'll have our ushers come at this time. Thank you, Mitch, for that song. I love the words to that. Amen. Brother Andy, if you would, just bless the offering.
like a simple thing to people who are observing. But Lord, to us, we actually believe, Lord, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords hears us now. The God who is the creator of heavens and earth and the one who controls it all, and the one who holds it all in the palm of his hand, he actually hears us when we speak. And Lord, we're reminded of that over and over and over in the Bible and we, we believe, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, there is a presence among us today that reminds us, Lord Jesus, that you have not diminished your power and your authority. Lord, you're still able to be among your bride all over the earth, and we're just so thankful for that. And humble, Lord, to be in your presence today. So have your way, Lord, we pray. We commit our every single need now to you and trust that you will just speak to our hearts. And Lord, there are many prayer requests from many people that are not with us today, and we commit them to you. And Pray that your grace and mercy would extend to them. Lord, a special blessing upon our mothers today. And Father, may you just give them the just that little special touch, Lord, that only you can give. We love you and we thank you. We commit today's service into your hands now. In Jesus' lovely name and for your glory we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Well, <clears throat> while you're standing, if you don't mind, let's take your Bible and we're going to look at a very common uh, verse for us we've been dealing with over the last little while in Romans chapter 12. And musicians, we'll let you take your places there. Thank you. And we welcome all of you today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, certainly good to have all of you here today and <clears throat> all of our guests and visitors. We never know on a day like Mother's Day how many people are, are going to be here or who's going to be here, but uh, we're just uh, glad that you're with us today. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, <clears throat> that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Remember, those are pressures external, things from outside. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And may God add his blessing. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> a couple of quick things here just before we jump into the uh, main part of our service. And I uh, wanted to wish 
folks a couple of happy birthdays here. May 8th, uh, Sister Carrie Whitlock's birthday. Now, that was not supposed to be there. Sister Jackie, your birthday was May 8th, right? So that's not supposed to be Sister Carrie. That's supposed to be your name put there. So we didn't want you to miss. So <laughs> it'd be a shame to have to miss this. So uh, we missed you on your birthday. May God bless you. May 14th, today is Nathan Brown's birthday, right? Nathan. God bless you. 16 years old today, right? God bless you. Appreciate Brother Nathan. May 18th is Tyler's birthday. Tyler, God bless you. How old are you? Everybody wants to know how old you are. Uh, we turned 22. Really? 22. Wow. God bless you. Mike Parks. Brother Michael is not here today. Uh, they're with family today, and uh, he wished to be uh, remember to all of you, and uh, May 18th, his birthday as well. May 19th is the Florian's anniversary. They're not here today, right? Are the Florian's here today? Not here today. And the male's anniversary, right? On the same day. How many years? 11? You need to take a minute to discuss that. All right, 11 years. We appreciate the mails very much. God bless you. We trust you have a wonderful anniversary. Keep the date, June 24th, 25th. Brother Trevor Eamon from Indiana is going to be with us. Uh, he's um, uh, going to be a real blessing. We're going to have a service on Saturday night with our youth and open that up. And then he'll be here for two services on Sunday <clears throat> on June 25th. So uh, keep that date if you don't mind. <clears throat> I wanted to show you uh, just very quickly here. <clears throat> this is uh, Brother Anwar Javed's brother over on the left-hand side, and this is the printing company that we work with in Pakistan. And as I told you, we cannot uh, import Christian materials into a uh, such a strongly Muslim country. And so it is one of the places, one of the few places in the world where we actually print uh, inside the country. Uh, but this is uh, Israel and the Church, that series, and Brother Anwar, uh, you know, just continues to translate and, and uh, produce uh, books there. So we, we do these in, a, uh, in series for the people. <clears throat> and uh, it's just a real great blessing for the believers over there, and they're uh, now uh, distributing those books for everybody, and uh, they're excited to have them. So uh, our, our hand goes out to Brother Anwar for sure. He does a, does a tremendous work and coordinates it all from Queens, New York. That's what's amazing, from uh, Long Island where he lives now. Uh, it's just amazing how he actually does that from, from the U.S. side and uh, works with all the brothers over there in Pakistan and uh, helps to get the message out. So it's just uh, great to see so much confusion and, and turmoil in that country and then uh, you know, for them to be receiving the message of the hour so consistently is just really a uh, wonderful effort on Brother Anwar's part and we appreciate that very much. <clears throat> Coupled with that, we wanted to let you know that out in the lobby we have some of these newsletters here. This is the printed version of our uh, newsletter. And it outlines the work that Vision Books is doing, so you're welcome to pick up those, a couple of those if you like, and share them. Uh, it shows where things are happening in the world and some of the testimonies there, so uh, please feel free to take them. And uh, we're going to be mailing those out here, uh, Lord willing, this week. Now, uh, I wanted to say also, too, that uh, we're glad to have the Wellington family here. Uh, today from Charlotte. God bless you. They're neighbors of Brother Aaron, and uh, glad to have them uh, joining us today. 
Now, uh, I was thinking, uh, I was kind of struggling with this idea of, of talking about uh, motherhood today, and I, I uh, just felt uh, differently. I had a, a, just an image in front of me today, and I, I want to I try to get that out, uh, something different. But uh, since it is Mother's Day, and since uh, families today are under such uh, attack and discredited in many ways, I think it's always nice to acknowledge something as special as Mother's Day because there is no job quite as special as, as motherhood. And uh, it's a quality from God. And in Isaiah chapter 66, so just give me a few minutes here, uh, the Bible says, and this is God talking about Jerusalem and Israel and how he's going to restore things back again uh, in, into her place. And this is the, uh, the last part of the book of Isaiah, as you know, is, it deals with prophecies concerning end time restoration. And so he says, rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all ye that love her, and rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her. So the focus will be on Jerusalem in the last days. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And so this idea of, uh, of, of the, the protection and the care that God has for his people, uh, it, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's, you know, the restoration of Israel is something that's very, very uh, strong on God's heart. And so this idea of motherhood is certainly an attribute of God, and I think it's worth acknowledging. Uh, the Bible says that the moment a child, sorry, the Bible doesn't say this. I found this statement, and I thought it was really good. I found this statement, and I thought it was really good, because it's really true. When I married my wife, I didn't marry a mother. But the moment a child is born, a mother is also born. She never existed before. The woman existed, but the mother never. A mother is something absolutely new. And once that starts, it never stops. Because a mother remains a mother for the rest of her life. And there's nothing you can do to take that out. There's really nothing you can do to change that. Uh, a mother uh, begins at the birth of a child. And I, I found that to be really true. Billy Sunday once said, there's more power in a mother's hand than in a king's scepter. How many would agree? Brother Branham said, and the backbone of any nation is womanhood And when it, when it comes to morals. And you break motherhood, and you've broken the nation. You break motherhood, and you've broken the nation. Now, Brother Branham used many examples. And you remember, uh, he talked about that deer that he saw uh, when he was hunting with Bert Call. You remember that? And he said uh, that uh, fellow Bert Call had a, a whistle that sounded like a doe. Uh, crying out, and, and he said when, when he uh, sounded that, that call, he said that mother doe stepped out of the woods there, put herself in danger because of her uh, love for her children and her sense of protection. And he says that genuine loyal mother, and he's speaking of the deer now, he said she was standing there, she wasn't a hypocrite, she wasn't putting on for a sideshow, she was a mother. And that's why she was doing it. And death don't mean nothing to her. Her baby was in trouble, and she thought more of her baby than she did of her own life. Let the hunter shoot whatever it was. Her loyal heart was beating, her motherhood, and the motherhood in her was calling, and the baby was crying. And there was something inside of her pulsating that was real. And so he remarked that several times. And then he says, uh, in, in the, the, the case of Sister Bell, and he, he, uh, this is actually at the funeral of Sister Bell, and he speaks about her. She was a member of his church in Jeffersonville. 
And she said, and her never failing plea was for her children. I don't believe I ever left her. We ever parted ways, he said, without her asking a request for those children. And he said, that showed real motherhood, knowing that life is merely a dream or a preparation for her children. Showed real motherhood. And she wanted to meet them in a land beyond here where there would be no more hard times. And she'd say, Brother Bill, pray for my children that none of them would be lost. And he said, if that isn't expressing real motherhood interested in her children, her neighbors, her husband, her loved ones, it's God in the woman expressing eternal things. It's God in the woman expressing eternal things. And so uh, you can't blame a mother for being a mother, and neither can you stop it. And you shouldn't pray it away because it is a gift of God. It's an attribute of God that he gives and imparts in a mother's heart. And he said, it's God in the woman expressing eternal things. I, I found these couple of statements here and I thought they were really good. The phrase working mother is redundant. <laughs> a mother is a person who seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people promptly announces that she never did care for pie. The mother of boys work the mother of boys works sun up to sundown. <laughs> and I'll have to say amen to that. That's really true. But then Brother Bram talks about the possum. And he says, I couldn't get that old possum, that, that mother possum came up to his house. Remember, had little ones on, his, uh, on her back. Walked up the driveway. And he said, I was laying in bed. I couldn't get that possum off my mind. And I thought, God, I ought to go in and get a gun and kill that possum. But I can't do it. He said, I walked up and down the floor. Because it was sick. It was, obviously wasn't well and he wanted to do something and didn't know what to do. And he said, then daylight came and a possum laying there. And oh God, he said, there she is, that hot sun laying there at my step. And the blessed Holy Spirit stopped me and said, you called her a lady and you took up for her for being a real mother. And I sent her to your house to be prayed for. And you're letting her lay there, uh, lay there like a, a woman at your doorstep. And I said, God forgive your stupid serpent. And, of course, he prayed for the possum, and off she went. And, uh, and, and he said, as the possum was leaving, kind of glanced back just for a moment as if to say thank you and went on her way. You find, uh, you find expressions of, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of motherhood in nature. It's sometimes it's, it's even easier to see that. But in an age where, uh, you know, families are so broken and uh, there's such discredit that's given, for, uh, given against Christian families today, I want to applaud mothers and, and uh, appreciate all you sisters very much. And I know everyone is not a mother here. And I know that uh, some of you are, uh, you know, not close to your immediate family and so forth, not physically close here and all of that. But I will tell you this, that, uh, you know, in, in my case, uh, you know, thinking about my mother, and we, we all have, we all have uh, feelings one way or another about our mother's. Uh, whether they're here or gone or whatever else. But I, I, I will agree uh, with Brother Keith this morning. It's two weeks in a row. I actually agree with him uh, that if you have your mother close by and your mother is still, uh, you know, s sitting vertical today, I, I think that you should uh, put your arm around her if you can and just uh, thank her for all that she's done because I'll guarantee you she's done a lot more for you than what you know. And I, I, I think uh, mothers are sure special. My mother was, was obviously special, and my wife is special in her uh, mothering and, and uh, appreciate all that she gave, and no one really knows that. And I love what Billy Graham said, that only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character in her children. 
So may God bless mothers today, and I'll stop there. And uh, we just appreciate each and every one of you, and I think it's, uh, uh, it's a, a blessed, certainly a blessed calling and a very, very important calling for sure. Now, <clears throat> I, uh, I want to take this uh, little thought this morning and a uh, little thought out of this text here. And uh, this has been, to me, uh, a pretty important and a pretty outstanding scripture verse, and I've thought about it for, since the beginning of this year. Uh, in relation to this phrase. This, this word transformed is only used five times uh, in the Bible. That's all. And in one, uh, one passage, uh, which we'll read in just a moment, it's used three times. But it is uh, only, only recited, only cited five different times in all of Scripture, yet it is a really, really important word. And so uh, I could uh, give you a uh, dozens and dozens of quotes here this morning and put lots of PowerPoint uh, slides up here with that, uh, with different examples of things Brother Branham said about it and things that Scripture speaks about. But I thought this morning I would try to illustrate it for you, kind of demonstrate it for you, and let you see it uh, in person, how it, actually, how it actually works, that word transformation and what it actually means. Because sometimes a uh, a visual or, you know, some sort of a, uh, an action uh, speaks a lot louder than words. So I only have one quote for you today, believe it or not. I only have one quote that I want to put on the, on the screen. It, it'll, it'll be two screens, two, two different uh, slides, but it is only one quote. It's the only one I have. And I was on an airplane yesterday, and I, I had my book, God's Power to Transform. I've been reading Power Transformation and God's Power to Transform. And I had this open here, and it just, I just kept reading it over and over because it just so spoke to my heart. And I thought today, I'd like to be able to show that, demonstrate that to the people, to get it over to them so they could understand it as God has been dealing with my heart about that. Now, <clears throat> this, this uh, as I said to you, the, the, the two words that are critical in here, and this is uh, Paul's teaching going through, uh, you know, Romans 7 and Romans 8, where he talks about, uh, you know, there's now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, he said somebody who's in Christ has actually got the Spirit of God living in them and expressing itself. And uh, he, he describes that. And then he immediately jumps over in Romans 9, 10, and 11, talks about Israel and how that they fell short of the promises of God because they had a, an idea of righteousness, but it was really self-righteousness. It was their own idea, their own interpretation of righteousness. And, and the great flaw in their understanding was that it caused them to bypass the Savior when he actually came. They missed him. And so therefore they missed everything that Jesus brought. Uh, he, he brought, uh, you know, redemption and uh, paid for uh, sinful, uh, our sins on, on Calvary's cross. And uh, they missed all of that. They, 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 they looked as far only as their own teachings and their own ideas about what they, uh, what they had, or, you know, structured as their believing. And uh, it was a tragedy. And Paul writes about that in 9, 10, 11. But he gives us the hope and the promise that one day Israel will be restored again. Right? We believe that? We believe that Israel will be restored again. It's an exciting time uh, in Israel. Things are happening there, and uh, it, it's, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, it, it, it certainly is a time when God will move back into Israel, and uh, he will leave the Gentile world. It'll be the end of the Gentile dispensation, as we know, and he'll move back to Israel again and, and uh, deal with her. And that's an exciting thing, because 
by then, by then, by God's grace, we'll be gone. We shall be gone. And uh, if we get to see it, and I don't know, but if we do get to see it, we'll probably have to look over the, the handrails of heaven and, uh, and see what God is actually doing in Israel. And it would be certainly an exciting thing to see because he will stand with, with Jerusalem against all the armies of the world and Armageddon will take place and it'll be converted in one hour, the Bible says. I mean, it really will be quite a sight to see. So I, I for one, uh, having been to Israel many times and going again, I would love to see uh, Israel converted in an hour. That would be an extraordinary thing. So uh, the, all of this culminates here in the last day. And, and as Paul uh, writes in, in uh, Romans chapter 12, he said that we are not to be conformed to this world, just like the Jewish people conformed to their traditions and their doctrines and teachings and, that, were, that were handed on and, and drifted away from the Bible. And he says we're not to be conformed by anything external. But now he says there's a new and a better way. And the better way is that God would actually take that seed of eternal life and quicken it in you so that now it's not you, but Christ in you that lives and expresses itself, right? I'm going to be very simple today. I'm going to be excruciatingly simple today. But that's what he tells us, that we are not to be conformed. We don't have to, I, I, will, I will assure you of this, that none of you that are here today have to try to be a member of the bride of Christ. Because as much as you tried to be a member of the Bride of Christ, you cannot be one. You have to be born a member of the Bride of Christ, right? And God predestinated that bride, and we're thankful for that. And he had that already in his mind and already in his thoughts and already in his plan of redemption from a long time ago. So none of you can work hard enough or attend church often enough or learn enough Bible verses to become a member of the Bride. You're not given that because of your conduct you are chosen from before the foundation of the world. And your name is on the Lamb's Book of Life over here. And so therefore, uh, it is important for us to realize that uh, we don't have to try to put on anything uh, that anyone else tells us we need to put on to be the bride of Christ. What you have to do, rather, is feed that seed and let that seed express itself, and it'll become whatever that seed is, Right? We know, we know from uh, our teaching and from uh, the reading of, of the Bible, we know that when you take any seed and plant it in the right conditions, it's going to come forth with the nature of whatever, uh, whatever kind or variety was placed in that seed in the first place. So if it's corn, it's going to produce corn. And it's not going to produce beets. It's going to produce corn. And there's nothing really going to alter that, nothing going to change that at all. And so uh, we, we, we talk about this idea of, of being transformed, and that literally is a, a way of thinking from, from the inside realm that, that, that actually is a result of that process uh, that God uh, is using within us to be formed into the image of his own son. So we're actually, this is, a, I guess, an interesting way to put it, that God is, never really tr God is never trying to become like us, but we are trying to become like him. He became like us in order to pay the penalty of sin, but we strive to become like him. Well, God put that ability, because if you could do it, you would not need to do birth, but because you can't do it, God put something in that seed that will transform itself into the likeness of Christ. And what you need to do simply is to feed that seed. If anyone has ever grown a garden, you know that you have to weed that garden as well. 
You got to keep the weeds out because the wilderness will overtake your garden every time. Even though you don't go out and plant weeds and you don't go out and sow uh, the briars in your garden out there, uh, they'll take over. The wilderness will win if you leave it alone. And we know, too, that uh, in our experience, just living in this world, uh, the wilderness will reach out to you. The wilderness will affect you. The world will affect you uh, if we don't tend that garden. So our responsibility is to feed that seed and make sure that we don't let the wrong things uh, take root in our lives. They are everywhere. They're in the air. They're in the uh, hearts of people out there. I mean, it's, it's becoming crazier and crazier all the time. And part of the reason why is found in this verse where this word transform is used three times. And I think this is interesting. For Paul writes, for such are false apostles and deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So he tells us that uh, this is Satan's uh, way, uh, this is his design, is to actually come not as a, uh, you know, a demon dressed in black with a, with a pitchfork in his hand. He's actually coming onto the earth in the last day, coming strongly as an angel of light. Therefore, he will try to present something that is almost true, almost entirely true. And his purpose simply is to deceive and to try to distract and to try to pull somebody away from the path that God has ordained for them. And he said, he will be disguised that way. His ministers will be disguised that way. And they will be, uh, they will be familiar with everything you're familiar with. They'll be knowledgeable about everything that we're knowledgeable about. They'll be able to quote everything we quote. Come on, folks. Somebody ought to say amen. They'll be able to kind of look and sound like we look and sound. And, uh, they'll be able to do all of that because they have, uh, they have an anointing that brings them right to the very edge of who we are. But they cannot be the seed of God because nobody joins up for that. You become a seed of God uh, by God's predestinated plan from before the foundation of the world. Are we okay? I said I'm going to be excruciatingly simple, so I'm 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 not going to apologize anymore. Now, in Brother Bram's messages here, and and he takes this topic twice specifically. This is in the last phase of his ministry. Uh, This is September 1965, and here's the quote that I wanted to give you. Now, I don't have I don't have very many quotes here, so I want you to brace yourself for how. Quickly, we're going to speak about this. And he says, what is that transformation? I was looking for a definition. I was looking for a way to describe this. And he says it in paragraph 98 here in God's Power to Transform. He said, what is the transformation and how can we do it? How do we get it? What does does the transformation? What is it that actually transforms me? And he said, God does it by the spirit of his word. God does it. God actually brings transformation into your life by the spirit of his word. Now, it's got to be his word because there's a word that rides on every spirit, right? There's a... There's an anointing that comes with every ministry, and, and there's a, uh, it's important for us to recognize that. But let me tell you that when God speaks his word, there is a right spirit that accompanies that, and it will bring to pass the thing that God intends. It'll bring to pass the thing that God intends. 
Or let me say it this way. When God sends his word, he never sends a powerless word. He sends a word that is able to fulfill itself. It has the power within itself to bring itself to pass. Is that okay? So when, when Isaiah stood and said, behold, a virgin shall conceive, some way or another in that phrase, the power for a virgin to bring a child uh, into, into the world without human interaction actually laid there until the right woman arrived and that word was embedded in her heart and God quickened that. Let me tell you, God did not give Mary a new power. The power was already in the word that she received. And God never sends a powerless word. He sends a word that is capable of bringing itself to pass. Glory to God. When you think about that, everything that God has said, everything that God has decreed, it has the power within itself to make itself happen. We shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Do you believe that? The time has to be right. But when the time is right, and you believe that with all your heart, you already have the power within you by receiving that word. You have the power to have your body change because God's word is never powerless. God's word is powerful. All right, so he says now, God does this transformation by the spirit of his word, and he transforms. God transforms. That's a capital H. I know it's at the beginning of the sentence, but it is, it is uh, truly God who transforms. God brings you from what you were to what you are. And God takes you from what you are to what you will be. You believe that? It's God who transforms. And how is he transforming you? Because you're sitting under the spirit of the word for this hour, and it has an effect. It has a consequence in our lives. He transforms. And watch what he says. Very simply, he plants his seed, he throws his spirit on it, and it brings forth the product. So there's got to be a couple of essential elements in order to grow, to grow something. You have to have a seed, and you have to have soil, right? Help me out. You have to have water. You have to have moisture, right? And you have to have sunlight. You're not going to grow, you're not going to grow things uh, easily in, uh, in Greenland in the wintertime because it's dark for most of that period of time. So you've got to have every one of those four parts there. You've got to have a seed, you've got to have soil, you've got to have water, and you've got to have light. And all of those things are required, right? So here's Brother Branham, he's telling us that God plants his seed, and uh, he has a soil, therefore, that, uh, that he uses, and he throws his spirit upon it, and it brings forth his product. Brings forth the product that God designed. God has not taken chances uh, with, with seed. He knows exactly what kind of seed that is. Uh, he knows exactly what kind of harvest he's looking for. And his Holy Spirit transforms that seed word. His Holy Spirit transforms that seed word to be vindicated of its kind. It'll bring forth of its kind. And what kind of seed that you are that shows what's in you? What kind of seed you are that shows what's in you? You can't hide it. Whether you, whatever you are inside, it shows outside. You just can't keep from it. If you're a believer, you know what? Uh, that, that, that belief in God's word is going to manifest itself. You may come the hard way. You may come the easy way. You may come the slow way. You may come the fast way. But if you're a seed of God, you know what? You're going to manifest the life of Christ one way or the other. In God's time, you're going to do it exactly because you can't keep from it. In the same way that if you, uh, if you plant uh, watermelon, uh, you, know, it'll, you leave it alone and it'll, it'll eventually produce watermelons. You, you can't stop the process. And you can't make that tree anything but what it is. It's going to be that way. The Holy Spirit transforms that seed on the inside of it 
And no matter what kind of a seed it is, it'll transform it. No matter what kind of a seed it is, it'll transform it. The power of God, the presence of God, has, has an energy that will transform every seed into whatever kind it is. Then he says, if it's evil, it'll bring forth evil. If it's a hypocrite, it'll bring forth a hypocrite. If it's a genuine word of God, it'll bring forth a genuine son or a daughter of God through a thinking man's filter. And when that seed comes up, it comes through that, it produces a son or a daughter of God. That life actually comes up through that and it produces a son and daughter of God, one that is displayed, whose life is displayed that reflects Christ, right? Are we okay? Hey, all right. So that's the, that's the theology of it, all right, if, I, if you allow me to use that word. Uh, that's the theory. That's, that's the basis of it. I mean, we've read it in Scripture, and now here's Brother Brandon making that statement there uh, very clearly, and he's explaining that uh, the thing that does the transformation is not attendance. Uh, it's not even your sincerity. It's not your ability to understand the message or go to Jeffersonville and get a handful of dirt. Hey, all of those things are nice, I guess. But it's, it's what God does on the inside of a person that really makes a difference. Okay? It's what God does on the inside of it. So that's the theory. I mean, that's, that's the, the essence of it. So let me show you. Let me show you how this works. I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. I need somebody who's willing to come up and volunteer. Somebody who doesn't raise their hand. Anderson, come on up here, buddy. Are you willing, able, ready to help today? Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being here. All right, now, very simply, all I'm going to do is demonstrate what I just read because I thought it would be more, and forgive me for being, I don't mean to be carnal and I don't mean to be uh, childish here, all right? I just thought it would be interesting for me and Anderson uh, today to kind of tackle this uh, quote and put it, put it uh, in, in motion, okay? And, and that's, that's really what I wanted you to do. So I, I'm going to ask you to hold on to this, okay? And uh, crank me up there, Jeremy. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to be the one who answers, okay? Because I, I don't want the people to think I'm doing a magic trick or pulling a buffalo. There's no buffaloes underneath here, right? I'm not going to pull a buffalo out or anything like that. And so I, I just, and there's no tricks here. There's no tricks involved. All right. I just want to uh, demonstrate this principle. Okay. So you kids watch. If you want, if you kids want to move up uh, towards the front, you're certainly welcome to do that too. Now, <clears throat> let's, let's just say, let's just say, for example, uh, this is, this is the world. Okay. In the beginning, uh, in the beginning in Genesis chapter one, you made a good move here today, guys. You made a good move. Now, but you got to be real still and listen, all right? Now, watch, watch how this happens. Now, in the beginning, we know that in Genesis chapter 1, God created the heavens and the earth. And in that, in that scene, the earth was without form and void, wasn't it? It means it was just chaotic. It was just kind of like a big mess. But out of that mess, when God spoke, he brought life. He brought uh, he brought plants and he brought, uh, and, you know, the expression of what he had in his mind in the Garden of Eden. But it was all literally just a big confusion of stuff, right? Because it, it says it was without form and void. And transformation means that God can actually take, he can look at, uh, you know, a bunch of darkness and a bunch of muck and a bunch of uh, stuff like that. And he can bring something good out of it. 
Just like God can take a life like yours, and you might be messed up and, and involved in drugs or sin or uh, immorality or whatever else. And, and, you know, for us to look at you, we'd say, wow, that's a mess. But you know what? If that person surrenders his heart to God, not he's outside, but he's inside. He really surrenders his heart to, to God. God can actually take something from the inside and, and bring something beautiful out of it. So that when we look at it, we say, wow, he once was lost, but now he's found. He once actually was a mess. I knew him. His, his life was a mess. And, and yet God brought something beautiful out of that. And I, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll start with my own testimony. And you, you've, I, I've, I've shared it here and you, you can see it. It's online and so forth. We have copies of it. And uh, when, my, when, when God got a hold of me, you would look at me and say, and like I've said many times, if I showed up at your front door, uh, you'd, you'd kind of have the wife put the kids in the back room because you wouldn't want to have me around where your kids were. You know, I mean, uh, just, you know, the long hair, the drugs, everything else. And, and that's the way I lived. That's the way I, I was swirling in darkness and muck and mire of the world. And, uh, but yet God in his mercy reached down and touched me because he knew what laid inside me. And, and to, the outside to God is not intimidating. The outside to God is not something that he balks at and says, wow, he's too messed up. I just don't think I can clean that up. I can do a lot of things, but I don't think I can clean that up. And I'm glad God didn't say that. Brother Andy, I'm glad that God didn't say that about us. But he looked at us through the blood of Christ and looked and saw that seed in there and said, if I can only get that young man to surrender his life to me, I will transform him into a minister, into a pastor. Who knew I was a pastor? Who knew I was a child of God? Who knew uh, I, I am what I am today? And I say that by the grace of God, because uh, when I looked in the mirror when I was 19 years old, uh, I was not thinking, well, you know what? You're a real man of God. I didn't see that. Nobody else who looked at me saw that. But out of, out of that mess, God transformed that seed that laid in me so that I would become what by God's grace, I am today. And I'm proud of what God has done. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm proud of me, I'm, but I'm proud of what God has done. I'm excited about what God has done. And you know what I believe? I believe that God's not finished. I believe God's still transforming me to become what, I, what, I'm, what I'm predestinated to be. And that is a son or a daughter of God who lives in eternity. And I will, I will be able to rest and rejoice when I get over on the other side and step into that body that I remember when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. I remember that body. It's a, it's a fading memory, but I remember it. But let me, let's say, let's say this, all right? Anderson, this is the world. This is Genesis chapter 1. Okay, it's dark. It's a black hole. Maybe we'll call it a black hole, okay? And there was nothing at all around. Uh, in that time in the black hole. Nothing there, okay? And God needed to have dirt because he wanted to bring a world into existence, right? So what do we got here? Tell us what we got here. Dirt. He got dirt. <laughs> we got dirt, right? So if we take the dirt, because we need to have dirt in order to grow, right? So we got dirt. Let's put in a bunch of extra dirt because this is a big earth that we got to, well, let's just put it all in there, all right? We'll do that. All right, so we got dirt. Now, in order to grow something, we've got to have seeds, right? Now, these are all green seeds, aren't they? 
They're all green seeds. And every one of these seeds are alike. And they're all the same kind of seeds, so they're going to uh, they're going to produce whatever God's intended to produce, right? So let's, God saw a world populated, so, well, why don't we just go ahead and put it all in there? So, all right, we got two elements already in there. We got dirt, we got seeds. What else do we need? Water. Water. I happen to bring along some water. You didn't know I had water up here in the pulpit. So, in order to have this now, we have to have. These three elements for sure. Now, we're not talking about just a little sprinkle that, well, we might as well give the earth a real baptism, shouldn't we? Whoa. I hope that can doesn't leak. <clears throat> All right, so we got three, Anderson. What else do we need? Light. Let there be light. Let there be light, right? We need to have light. Ruby, Tuesday, come on up here. You can be the light. Come on. You can hold the light for us. Now, you hold that light over because you've got you to make the seeds to grow. So I want you to hold that light right up there, okay? Hold it up there so you can be like the sun. You got it? Okay, so we have all four elements. And you can imagine how that if we took those four elements, and that's what we're reading in Scripture, and we took it and stirred it all up there because it's all just dirt and seeds and and. Why don't we show them what it looks like? Why don't we just do that? I didn't bring a towel. So, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty yucky. But God doesn't create yucky things. But he knows how to transform all of that and bring out something great, doesn't he? So over time, when God spoke and he said, let there be light and let there be a garden, let there be... Uh, the ocean, let there be fishes and seas and all of that. And let the, the, the firmament be divided, you know, between the earth and the sky and all of that. And he spoke. And the spirit of his word affected those, everything that was there just in a big mucky mess like that. And you know what? Out of it came a transformed earth and he wound up with something beautiful. Yeah, great expression. <laughs> He wound up with something beautiful. And that's what transformation is. Transformation is, is that it doesn't matter how mucky and dark and messy it is. You can give it all the right stuff. Ruby's giving it light. And it's got soil. It's got seeds in there, right? And it's got water. It's got all the elements of life. But it's just, to us, it's just a big mess. But God transforms it by the spirit of his word. In other words, he's the husbandman, he's the gardener, and he says, let, let there come forth this and let there come forth that, and this has got to obey. This has got to obey. There's no, there's no rejecting God's word. There's no, there's no pushing back on the Spirit of God. It's got to obey. It's got to become what God's intended it to become. And out of that, God transforms all of that mess into something that you'd want to take home and put on your, your mantle. You, you want to take this and give it to your mom? Okay, afterwards, we'll do that. It'll cost you a couple of bucks, but we'll do that. <laughs> now, that's the natural world, right, Ruby? That's the natural world, and that's how God, I mean, that's in a sense, that's how God, ah, oh, bless your heart. That's how God actually transformed it and made it all happen, right? I mean, in a simple way, it's probably a little more dramatic than that, but that really is what happened, right? That's the natural world. That's Genesis chapter 1. 
let's do this. Come on over here, guys. Come on over here. Come on over here. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Ruby Chuzik, you come on over. Stand right here. Now, you be the light, okay, that shines. Anderson, you come on over here. Now, again, what do we need now? Let's, that, that's the natural world and natural creation. Now, let's say this is you and me, okay? So here we are now as wandering sons. All we are is we're in the world, we're born in the world, born in sin. And sin is, is darkness and chaos and all of that, right? So when we're born on the earth, we're born with the wrong nature, aren't we? We're sinners when we're born. We're not Christians when we're born, all right? You were not born a Christian. I know you have saintly parents, but you were not born a Christian, so therefore you had to, you had to go through a process of a new birth and baptism and so forth. And, uh, wow, do I, do I look that bad? Really? Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. So, <clears throat> so let's just say that you're going to be the, the dirt. Okay? So rather than ask you to get in that barrel, uh, this is the dirt, right? Everybody see the dirt? Okay, so let's, let's, let's do the same thing. <laughs> let's just put the dirt in there. All right? Ruby, you see all that dirt in there? Now, let's say... Let's say, let's say that Anderson, being a son of God, he does not start, he does not start when he stands on the earth or when he was born by mom and dad. That's not when he starts. If he's a son of God, when does when did his life actually really begin? Say it. Hey, we're breaking all the rules of protocol here, folks. I'll go down in history as somebody a little bit off here you know, after this Sunday, but just go ahead and we'll all go down together. When did he actually begin? Before the foundation of the world. And where is before the foundation of the world? Over here by the organ. So this is where the Lamb's Book of Life actually is. So let's say that this is the Lamb's Book of Life. And in this, in this little container are different seeds, aren't there? Look at it. Are there different seeds? There is. There is. There, do they look like those seeds? No. Ruby, are they different? Here's the, here's the green seeds and here's the other one. They're different, aren't they? Different color. And there's some really small ones in here that I wanted to show you, but they're, they're, just, they're just different than those ones there. Let me pour them out. But they're, they're different. And there's some black ones in there and brown ones in there and different size, but there's some really small ones, isn't there? Now, God can do great things with little things. He doesn't need to have great things to do great things, right? He, he can do great things with little things, like seed of a mustard tree, right? So God can do that. So let's just say, I want to be careful with this because these are names on the Lamb's Book of Life. So <clears throat> let's just say, let's just say that this is, this is everyone who's in the world when you, when God called you, Okay? So when God began to deal with your heart, this is everyone who is in your school. Let's say, let's say that. Okay? Now let's take one, one little seed here. Let's take this little black one. This one right here. Okay? We take that one. And we'll put that seed in with the crowd. Okay? So it's one little seed. It's in the crowd now. Can you spot it? No. No. Will that little black seed ever be a green seed? No. no, it ain't going to become a green one. Let me ask you this. Will the green ones ever become black ones? No. So the green ones are going to bring back whatever program, whatever nature is in the green seeds, and the black one's going to bring forth, right? 
Okay, so let's dump all of that out, and that'll represent the school you were in when you, when God began to deal with your heart. Okay? So now you're in there in the mix. But let's say there's more people who were in the world the day you were saved, more and more people who were in the world the day you're... Well, let's just do this. Let's just... Whoa. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of people on the earth, right? I mean, that's, that represents billions of people. Look, it's still coming. Sorry, Ruby. Got her all green there. So out of all of those seeds that are in there, look in there. Not you. <laughs> you know what? There's one predestinated seed in there. Just one, right? Who, what's the difference between that seed and those seed? What's the primary difference between those two? Where it came from. The origin of that seed. The origin of that seed, that's really the real Anderson, came from the Lamb's Book of Life. The rest of the seeds are the children of mankind, we'll say. The human, the human population that are on the earth, right? But you know what? There's one predestinated seed in that mix. What else do we need for that to grow? Ruby? Water. You're exactly right. But now, we know that the Spirit of God has poured himself out in the last days... Because he said he would. So let's just go ahead and do this. Wow. Watch out there. <laughs> whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anderson, help me here. We don't want to make Ruby all wet here. All right. So let's just say, uh, here, hold on, to, hold on to that plastic so it doesn't go anywhere. But you know what? Also, can we also agree that, uh, you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he pours his spirit out upon the earth as well, right? Because he's a... Brother Bram said, you know, it's a, if it's evil and there's a, obviously an outpouring of evil, there's greater darkness, now gross darkness that covers the, the people, right? So let's just say that the Spirit of God has poured himself out, but the enemy has also poured himself out because when he comes in like a flood, well, hey, let's really cause a flood. <laughs> let's really cause a flood. Whoa. So now you got all those seeds in there. And you got all of those, uh, all the, all the, the uh, Ruby's got the light, and we got the dirt, and we got all of those seeds in there. But you know what? There's one thing in there that's special, and that's that predestinated seed. Now, tell me which one is God really interested in bringing forth? The black seed, right? Now, maybe we shouldn't. Well, let's just say that predestinated seed. Now, Anderson didn't choose that, right? I chose that. I was the one who took that. And I chose that. I chose that and put it in there. And you know what? Because I know how this works, I'm not worried about that seed in there because it is, even though it's mixed up with all those other seeds in there, it is a unique seed. You can let that go now. That'll be great. Thank you. And it, it's a unique seed, and it's not going to turn green because it's a black seed, and the, blacks, the black seed is not going to turn green, and the green seeds are not going to turn black. Every seed is going to bring forth of its own kind, right? And you know what? That black seed can't be anything else but a black seed. So if we take that and we stir it up, 
And we put, this is, this is Anderson's life, and he's got all of this in here. Wow, what a mess. And he's got, we got lots of green and slime and, and everything in there, and it's all growing, it's all on the earth, it's all growing same time. And you know what? That, that was kind of like you in, in life, because you were just, you know, growing up, and, and uh, I have all these towels here, it's so nice. And you were, you were growing up, and, and you were just like everybody else in the mix, all right? But God knew that one day, one day, his word would, would sound out, and it would pass right over this, this big bunch of blackness and void, and it would affect you. It would quicken you. It would get your attention. And you know what happens? It brings forth just a little life. And all of a sudden, there's a little life beginning to sprout there. And that's different than all those green seeds. This is that black seed that is now actually uh, beginning to grow. It's not fully developed yet, but it's beginning to grow. And it's just exactly what God intended. And he knew all those other seeds would grow too. But this is the one that he planted. And nothing can change this. We can't change this into a, a watermelon seed or a corn seed or anything else. Can't do that. And you know what? Every age, God put his bride, his predestinated people that were on the Lamb's Book of Life, he put all of them in the mix on the earth, different ages, and spread them all out in different buckets, right? And had all these predestinated people come forth. So in the last day, he'll bring forth not just one individual, but he'll bring forth a bride that has lots of, lots of members in it. Be lots of members of that bride come forth. And they'll all be there together in that last day so that in the same way that God will have a beautiful earth, God will have a beautiful bride. And that bride will stand there on the earth. And it'll become that way because God took the sun, took Ruby, and took the dirt, and took the seeds, and took the water, and put it all together. And out of that, God transforms a life so that it becomes... A son of God. He did not choose that. God chose that from before the foundation of the world. But he knew enough about the power of a seed that he could place it right in the middle of all of that muck and mire and get a hold of one individual and bring forth a beautiful life that begins to show the character of what was really planted in the first place. If that's a seed of God, it's going to come forth as a seed of God. And nothing's going to change that. It's going to be exactly like God determined and God decreed. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to show you in a simple way? I, I'm, just, I'm just giving you that same quote here where Brother Branham said that God planted his seed, threw his spirit on it, and waited for the product to come forth. Now, there's a bit more involved in that, right? We know that there's more involved in that because there's a, a, a walk and there's baptism and there's repentance and there's choices and all kinds of things that are going to happen uh, in, in life and all kinds of things are going to happen to you and uh, all kinds of different ways you're going to get to know God better, all kinds of experiences that you're going to have in life. But you know what? God's not worried about whether this seed is going to become like that because that's what he planted in the first place. And God knew eventually when all that bride gets together, it's going to be a beautiful bouquet that God's going to have for himself because that's what he planted in the earth in the first place. That's what he knew was going to come out of that mess. And no matter how dark Laodicea gets, and no matter how uh, wild and uh, evil uh, Laodicea gets and the world we're living in, if there's a predestinated seed out there, God will bring them forth just like this, just like you came forth. It doesn't matter how dark, because God is a 
transformer. Brother Bam said, he transforms. He's able to change it from what it was into what God wants it to be. He transforms. And that's what God continues to do. So the new birth is not the end of the process, but rather the new birth is the beginning of that process. And then it begins that whole work of transforming itself from something like a little seed to a little plant to something that is a finished product that God can take home. And wouldn't you like to give this to your mother when we're all done? Yeah, it's something you'd want to give away, right? It's something that you're proud of. And that's exactly what God did in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. So it doesn't matter whether these people are wealthy. It doesn't matter whether they live in America or Africa. It doesn't matter where those seeds are blue or green or whatever else. You know what matters is your origin. What matters is your origin. Because your origin becomes your destiny. Your origin becomes your destiny. So with, with a, lot of, a lot of people in this world are born on this world, and they live and they go through things and they die. And for a lot of people, that's kind of the end of the journey, right? I mean, if they don't have eternal life, there's going to be an end of that journey somewhere. But if you came from the Lamb's Book of Life over here, there's no end to Anderson. It'll go on and on and on forever throughout eternity because if you are eternal, you never had a beginning, and neither will you have a, an end. So God's not worried about whether you're going to die in that world out there. You know what? He's able to look into that and say, there's a black seed in there somewhere. Ruby, you just keep shining that light in there. And God knows exactly where you are. And he's able to stir that pot. And he's able to stir that pot. And he's able to bring forth that life and quicken that seed. He does it by speaking. He does it by speaking because it's the spirit of his word that makes a difference. And he speaks that word quickens that seed, brings it to life, and it begins to grow. And if all of those grew at the same time, they'd all look one way, but this would look different because that's a different seed. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has confidence in that process. Thank you, Ruby. You can sit down. God has confidence in that process, and he knows it's going to work. He absolutely knows. And that's what transformation is. Transformation is the taking of that seed from that form into what God intended in the first place. It'll, it'll take all kinds of different shapes on the way. It'll take all kinds of different bends and turns and twists. It'll put out leaves. It'll put out things that are uh, different than the end product. But the end product is what God's looking for. Right. And so he's able to put up with you uh, from between the beginning and the end. He's able to put up with all of our tears and all of our complaining and all of our mistakes and all of our faults and all of our failures. He's able to put up with all of that because he knows he knows the power of transformation. He knows that that seed's going to bring forth exactly what he wants in the last day. Amen. God's got confidence. Anderson, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you coming. All right, you can take your seats. Let's give Anderson a round of applause. <clears throat> All I wanted to do was just to show you that quote in real time. All I wanted to do was to show you <clears throat> that it's not you that originated this. It isn't your mom and dad that originated this whole process. He said, how do we get it? And what does the transformation? God does it by the spirit of his word. He transforms. He plants his seed, throws his spirit on it, brings forth a product. And his Holy Spirit transforms that seed word to be vindicated of its kind. 
whatever kind it is. And if that's the seed of God over here in the Lamb's Book of Life, it's going to bring forth a son or, daughter, son or a daughter of God one way or the other. And what kind of seed you are just shows what, what's inside you. You can't hide it. Whatever you are inside, it shows on the outside. You just can't keep from it. You can't make that tree anything but what it is. It's going to be that way. The Holy Spirit transforms that seed that's on the inside. No matter what kind of a seed it is, it'll transform. If it's evil, it'll bring forth evil. If it's a hypocrite, it'll bring forth a hypocrite. If it's a genuine word of God, it'll bring forth a son or a daughter of God. When that seed comes up, it comes through that, it produces a son or a daughter of God. Aren't you glad that's how that process actually works? I'm glad that that's how it actually takes place. And so therefore, it's not up to me to make myself eternal. It's not up to me to make myself something that I'm not. God is actually making me what I am. Because that's his design. Do you understand what I just said? He's, he's helping me to become what I am. If I'm a son of God, I'm more than just a son of my parents. I'm a son of God. And he's helping me to become what I really am. And if I have eternal life, I can't be lost. I can't be lost. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Who are the ones who are going to be delivered out of this evil generation? Who are the ones who are going to be delivered out of these vile bodies? Who are the ones who are going to be delivered into uh, the realms of eternity? But the righteous seed. The righteous, you being a righteous seed is not your choice. It was God's choosing in the first place. I'm so glad God didn't leave it up to me. God didn't hand me a book of instructions and say, now become this. He didn't hand me a rule book and say, now follow these. But rather he said, let the, let the power of transformation take you where I, where I intended for you to go in the first place. Satan did everything to deform it and try to twist it back then in the Garden of Eden. But God says, surrender your heart to me and let me take you where I want you to go. Let me take you into what you are intended to be. Only God can do that. I wonder could we have our musicians just slip up for a moment here. And I'm going to end this service. If our musicians would just come on for a moment here and slide up. And let me say this. In the grand scheme of things, you may, and I don't, I don't know all of your hearts here, obviously. I don't know what everybody's thinking. I don't know where everybody uh, actually is. I know where some of you are. But you have to think about this in your own heart, about what you, <clears throat> what you thought about this whole process of conversion. And I've made it very simple, but I made it simple on purpose to let you know that the thing that God really wants you to do is just to repent and lay your life at his altar. Be not conformed to this world. Like Paul says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Stop trying to be like a church member and stop trying to be acting like a believer in some way or another. But rather what you want to do is let the Holy Spirit take a hold of your life and let him transform you into a real genuine son or a daughter of God. 
I'll tell you what, it begins first with a surrender. It begins first with someone laying down their life and say, you know what, so far, so far, I've just made a mess of my life. And I want the Holy Spirit to take control of my life now and just let him be the guide, let him be the, the transformer, let him be the one who makes me into what he wants me to be. And I don't know if you've, you, if you've never done that. Today is a great day to do that. There's no better time than just before God turning over to the Jews to make that kind of a commitment to Christ. There's no better day to do it. And even if you, even if you, you just think about this and you would be on your own in this next week or next couple of weeks and think about this, you realize... Now, I think I can handle this. I think I can do it. I would say, go ahead and try. As long as you don't run out of time. But go ahead and try. But I trust that in time, God will deal with your heart enough that he'd bring you to a place of full surrender. Because that's what it's going to take. Not full conforming, but full surrender. That's what it's going to take. And we want all of our young people to experience that. We want them to uh, you know, be able to sense the nearness of God in their lives and for God to deal with them because we don't want them to just come up under mom and dad's shadow we don't want them to come up learning the habits of mom and dad we don't want them just to attend the church of mom and dad we want them to have their own individual unique experience with God that's our desire we want them to have it from the inside out not from the outside it's a good thing to impress children. It's a good thing to train children in the way they should go. But you know what? There comes a moment in time when they have to slip off their parents' faith and put on their own faith and say, I believe it. Not just mom and dad believes it, but I believe it. I surrender all. Stand to our feet. To thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender all to Him, my freely
have been washed from his memory by the blood of the Lamb of Calvary. Has forgiven me. He has forgiven me.
draw me close to you. If there's anybody here this morning who has never made a surrender in their life, you're certainly welcome to do that, obviously. Or if anybody else has a need of prayer, we're certainly glad to pray with you this morning, whatever your need is, because our God is a supplier. He's still Jehovah Jireh, isn't he? One thing about that, I was thinking about that little seed, that little black seed that went in there. You, you, can't, you can't pressure that seed enough to become something that'll make it, make it grow. You, you can't intimidate that seed. You can't insult that seed enough or apply enough pressure as a, pre, a parent or as a pastor. You can't, you can't do that. The, the seed's got to be there. But you know what? When that seed finds the right atmosphere, the right ground, and, and in God's time, God speaks because it's the spirit of his word that, that transforms. And that spirit speaks to that heart. Let me tell you, it, it'll, it'll come forth. Nothing can hold it back. In the same way you can make it happen, you also can't not make it happen when it's time for it to happen. It's going to come forth in God's time. And I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a comforting process because Jesus said, I'll lose none of them. I'll lose not one of them. Every one of them will be there. And God knows exactly the timing. And God knows, our, our, as parents and as grandparents and as pastor, you know, many times I just pray and say, Lord, deal with the hearts of your people in your season, in your time. Lord, you make it happen. You make it come to pass. Because you're the one that, uh, you're the one that transforms. You're the one that quickens. It isn't me. It, it's him. It's the spirit of his word. That's what does it. And in in, in the prayer of every parent and every mother I know who prays for their children, and they do constantly, you just, you just want to say, Lord, at that, uh, at, at that right time, just make that, make that visit, make that impression real in the heart of my son or daughter. And Lord, do a real thing. Not a, not a thing that everybody else is doing, but do a real thing in their heart. Because that's what's going to hold them. That's what's going to keep them. The keeping power is not in friends in the church. Keeping power is not in the young people's movement. The keeping power is in the life of the Holy Spirit in you. It's anchored to the rock of ages. That's what's going to keep you, for sure. For sure. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I'd lay it all. Help me know you are. 
never let me go
service today. Mitchell, we want to let you know we'll be praying for you this week and a uh, big week for him, life-changing event, and uh, we pray that God will uh, bless you and uh, Megan and uh, give you just a wonderful service together, wonderful marriage ceremony and uh, all of the affairs and everything else that uh, is associated with all of that, and uh, may God bless you both, and we look forward to having you back as a married man, back again. And uh, may God richly bless you through this week. I wonder, can we uh, just sing one more little chorus, and then we're going to close in prayer. Let's just sing that little uh, song, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Now, as is our custom as well, when you leave today, we have a flower for every mother, and uh, they're on the table outside there. Compliments to Sister Becky, and uh, we want you to help yourself, and uh, do one for every mom, and uh, just trust that. The Lord will bless your day, and you brothers just pitch in, roll up the sleeves, and uh, get it done for your wife today. And uh, we pray that every one of you will have a, a blessed family day. May God be with you. Sing it now this morning. I love you, Lord, and I live my your blessing, Lord, upon this assembly today. Lord, I pray you would take this simple illustration, Lord, and may it just speak to the hearts of every one of your children, Lord, especially those that you're dealing with. Father God, I just ask that you would 
breathe upon your word, Lord, and Father, make it live in our hearts and our lives in a way, Lord, that we cannot but fail to express the character of Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray for every mother today and ask your blessing upon them. And we appreciate mothers, Lord, and we appreciate the whole principle of motherhood and what it means to us. We ask, oh God, that you would be our portion today, Lord. Give us a day of rest and of peace. And Lord, I just commit the people now into your hands, Lord. We, just, we know, Lord, we're a part of a great bride around the earth. And Lord, that bride is... I know, Lord Jesus, they're all praying the same thing, that, Lord, every one of our loved ones would be saved and brought to the cross. Everyone would be ready to go at that moment's notice. Deal with us accordingly, Lord, we pray. We commit families now into your hands, Lord, and each and every individual here today. Speak to us, Lord. Comfort us with your presence. Bless our fellowship. And Lord, we ask a special blessing upon Sister Kristen today, Lord, coming to her time, and we ask, Lord, that you would be mindful of her and give her the strength she needs, Lord, to bring that child into the world normal and happy. We commit them to you now. In Jesus Christ's lovely name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Sing it as you go this morning. May God bless you. I love you, Lord. I lift my